0: Hello, this is episode. I can't remember. I forgot to look before I started of the Social Dad podcast. That's a catchy intro. Hi, Jamie. How you doing?
1: Hi, Hi James. How are you?
0: So good. It's well. I say good. It's a bit mad here.
1: Yeah, same here.
0: Um, how are things? Where? Where? Which state here in now?
1: So I'm still in Utah. Um, okay, we're about six thousand feet above sea level here. Um. In the mountains and nestled in between, right on the Wasatch Front, so it the people are—it's a nuts here. It's it's a little insane, for sure.
0: Has everyone been stocking up?
1: Uh, That to say the least, you know we have a very high LDS Mormon population here, and most of the families average five children. Wow! And so when they stockpile it's they stockpile like it's (laughs) the apocalypse it's pretty impressive so yeah there hasn't been toilet paper for days people are taking things out of each other's carts like no it's just yeah it has just been it has been madness so i luckily went last week and between the the chaos uh first stage chaos and this final stage chaos uh and was very fortunate to get what i needed but good grief it's been a little insane
0: well it's it's insane here too like in I'm in North Vancouver and it seems quite civilized, though everyone is still just stocking up like they're going to run out of toilet paper. Yeah. And like the shops are just going to stop working. Though I did hear last, like in the last half an hour, that the Starbucks here are going to close, apart from the drive thru. Oh,
1: yes. I I fear that most of the United States will be following this. I don't fear it. I think that's actually probably very good for yeah the well-being of people so you know but we've got a
0: how well like if, if starbucks closes and then i don't know mcdonald's and wendy's and everything else how will so- society survive like <laughs> is it just gonna collapse
1: we might actually have to cook i mean i know it's a it's a Do people know how to cook though? thing <laughs> but you know I, I had a had a neighbor who had mentioned to me that um she couldn't believe there was no bread and I was like oh I but I can send you a recipe for bread if you need it like she was like no she doesn't really eat bread she just couldn't believe there was no bread and I thought it's gonna be okay like we're not you're not gonna die here you know because you're not prepared I mean you'd be okay
0: (laughs) yeah like it's funny we're in our family we're a bit worried about going outside and not washing our hands and things though my wife keeps sending me out to get like whipping cream and oh can you go get some eggs or can you go get like we haven't got this particular type of porridge and it's like well look either we're quarantining ourselves or we're not but can we stop sending me out to hordes of zombies
1: yes I think that's the the thing isn't it you know we just we've just got to I think we've, I I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, listen, I just don't want to be a part of the problem. You know, like Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can be a part of the solution to be quite frank, but I'm definitely not going to try and be a part of the problem. And Greg has been traveling for the past uh, week, and he's been all over the United States in like 18 different airports because they did this big uh, domestic travel thing for his company, and they just, you know, announced anybody who's traveled domestically needs to self-quarantine. So Greg is stuck in the house for a couple weeks, and it's uh, it's kind of became it became pretty real, you know, when you, you go to the grocery store and. I just don't understand water. Why are people stockpiling on water? Has that been an issue there?
0: No, not at all. Um, I thought about that, actually. And then I thought, you know what? Of all the things that are going to keep... Like, if it was an earthquake, fine. Like, they might cut the taps or something. But no, water's fine.
1: Right. So, (laughs) here have been, there's no water. You cannot buy bottled water anywhere. People have just taken it. And I think back to, you know, because Greg and I went through two hurricanes and water is one of the first thing that goes in a hurricane, water and gas. You know, if there's a hurricane coming, go get water and go get gas. Um, because you might have to sit in a long line trying to get out of the state for hours upon hours upon hours. And you don't want to run out of gas, but water, it's obvious because they could shut your electric down because of the winds, right. It could just go down. So water's kind of a thing, but I couldn't, I just don't understand why people are buying water here. So, different from canada i don't know italians are just decided to go crazy for water
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's the toilet paper and the soap and anything with antibacterial yeah is, are the main things um although it's going to be interesting with the, the closing of starbucks um all the colleges i think but they're on spring break now but i think they're going to start closing for yeah. longer Our if it continues
1: closed actually Oh really? Uh huh. Yeah, they sent out a message on Friday, that, Thursday, that said they were closed. Well, we'll move to online classes for the rest of the semester. We're not coming back. So, and then my my children's school shut down for two weeks as well. So they are they are definitely uh, and then they'll review. You know, but I think in two weeks we're going to be in the height of everything. I think it's going to be the worst in two yeah. weeks. I don't. Anticipate- I-
0: I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast and he had a, I can't remember the name of the guy, but he was incredibly clever. He was very high up and he he knew everything about everything. And um, he was saying people are preparing for this. Like it's a blizzard, but it's a winter, right? Like it's a long-term thing.
1: It really is. And I don't know that we're going to see the impact here. Like the biggest impact for a couple of weeks though. Yeah. We're in it for the long haul. I'm afraid.
0: So Like, how do we prepare for that, like, as a a species, I suppose?
1: (laughs) You know what? I don't know that we do. And I think that's the interesting part. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day about the role media plays in all of the social chaos and the fear that goes along with it. And, you know, part of me is, part of me thinks that, you know, we, at least as Americans, we haven't really seen war ever, you know, mm-hmm. since the 1800s on our on our soil. You know, we've never been had this huge attack outside of 9/11. You know, that has really caused us to have this nationwide fear. And so, when people are faced with a world pandemic and they grow fear based upon what is known as the truth from the media, then. You know, it, it, I don't know that there's a great way to prepare for it, and a lot of it is just this is the first experience a lot of people have had with that level of fear. You know, especially young generations who uh, weren't really around. I would say they weren't they were around, but they didn't they weren't grown ups, if you will, during nine eleven. So yeah, you know, as they kind of the children during nine eleven have a much different perspective on a world or a nation, national fear. So I don't know that we really prepare for it. I think that we go based upon our gut and we deal with survival. We deal with, you know, um, sustainability. And I think those are the things that kind of go through people's brain, you know, how do we survive this and how do we sustain where we are? Um, and those, it's just, you know, it's just the luck of the draw, to be honest. You, people are just going to do what's in their gut and fear is going to lead the way, unfortunately. And yeah. I don't know that media can be blamed for that, you know, because I think media is always a lens into some level of truth. Um, and, you know, we need to take that into account. But uh, general, the the American people here in general have a have very high distrust in in the um, the Trump administration at the moment. You know, yeah, they-
0: I mean, that's fair,
1: yeah. to be honest.
0: But, um, and also, like, watching the English news. I'm up in, in Vancouver, as you know, but um, watching things back home and Boris Johnson is just bumbling his way through
1: mm-hmm. and
0: for some reason he's still there, um, <laughs> which is ridiculous. So, right. I mean, it, it's interesting because I think we're going to see a lot of the very best in people and the very worst. Oh, for sure. And that's a sort of scary thing because it's really hard to predict in people, but also as a sort of society in in general. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch, though scary. And I think that's kind of one of the the sort of advantages of quarantining Mm -hmm. is that you kind of can keep yourself out of the mix because I think there's going to be a lot of people who are getting – very anxious and very on edge and very quick to react. And if something strikes them the, the wrong way, um, it can go a bit, bit bad. So I think kind of, I mean, this is a very sort of depressing subject, but it, it's kind of, it's on a lot of people's minds as it should be. Mm. Um, and it's, it's worrying like as, But it's it's kind of hard to even comprehend. Like we go through life, or or at least I do, where the news is always at a distance. And I'm I'm very fortunate being sort of a middle class Mm. person or working class, I suppose, I have to work for a paycheck, Um, where the hardships on the news are always at arm's length. But now they're very much on our doorstep. Right. And I think there's a lot of people who are in the same position where – you know, like when there's natural disasters or socioeconomic things going on in around the world, it's not it doesn't affect me directly,
1: right. but this
0: could, and it could affect my family and those I love, mm. and it's scary.
1: yeah, I think that's the that's the ticket, isn't it? And I think that that fear alone is what will bring out the best and worst in people. You know, because people will want to look out for number one. And I don't know that that's necessarily. um, I know that's definitely cultural here in the United States. But, you know, when it comes down to survival, you know, it's survival of the fittest when it comes down to it. And people will start to get really bad, really nasty. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. watching an older lady take something out of somebody else's cart, you know, has to be pretty eye opening. You know, it's like.
0: But how do we. Like, is that for us to correct or is that for somebody else to, to correct and say, we have to be in this together, get control of yourself, or yeah. do we just put out our phones, film it, put it on Twitter?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, thankfully, my friend is the one who saw that happen and um, she just gave her the side eye. You know what I mean? Like I see, but she just didn't care the woman. And I, I do think though, too, that it will bring out the best in people because people are, people can be very compassionate and very understanding very thoughtful, you know. Here, um, and and I think that you're just going to see the true character of people and the media. I don't know. I think they have a very unique responsibility to try and report the truth, which I think is what the media ultimately tries to do. You know, um, at least that's one of the big objectives of media literacy and just media understanding. So I don't know, James. I think it's going to be a real test of true character. And I also, people I, people will learn a lot about themselves as they are in quarantine or they're trying to self-quarantine or social distance. You know, mm. like a lot of people don't spend a lot of great time with their kids, you know? <laughs> like yeah. they don't, they're going to learn a lot about their children and a lot about themselves as parents and a lot about, you know, being at home and what that looks like and maybe a new appreciation for stay-at-home moms and dads and um i i think that there's just going to be a lot of growing and a lot of learning and god hope um a lot of you know people being helped out because others are doing their part to not be a part of the problem so
0: yeah so you your kids are at home so how are you um sort of distilling this information to them
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, I mean, I'm pretty blunt with my kids. You know, we talk about politics a lot. Um, My son loves to talk about politics at school, which I think is hilarious because he is 11. Um, And, you know, their view on politics mimics so much of what my husband and I, our view is on politics. So, um, no, I basically, you know, we're just really upfront with him, uh, upfront with them, especially the seven and the 11 year old where, you know, we're like, listen, listen, There's a lot of people who could be in a lot of danger because of this sickness. It affects people differently. Kids are not nearly as affected. We're not sure why, but older people are, and we need to do our part to help keep them safe because we're in this world together. We're not just by ourselves. We're all interconnected. And that's basically the the narrative that I give them, you know, because they hear the news. They hear that people are dying. X amount of people have died today, you know, and they get a little bit concerned. But I have to just, you know, grab a hold of their little faces and let them know that you know, we're in this together. This family is not leaving each other. We're not going anywhere. Your dad's in quarantine right now because we want to be sure that he is not going to be a part of the problem. We can be a part of the solution by just doing what we need to do every single day and following the guidelines. And they're like, okay, you know, and they're very, they're very casual about it because in a lot of respects it is far from them. Do you know what I mean? Like it hasn't affected them directly. So they don't have this initial sense of, Um, We have to do something right now, you know?
0: Yeah, there's no urgency. But I think that's important for the kids because they shouldn't have to feel any sort of responsibility about this. Sure, they they know they have to wash their hands when they're told by mom and dad that they have to wash their hands. Right. But in the same way that if it's time for them to go to the potty, they should go to the potty. Right, absolutely. They they shouldn't have to be that close to the news where – they're being relied on to do anything.
1: Right, absolutely. And, you know, uh, I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, teaching them how to um, be okay and unstructured and spontaneous situations, because we don't live in a culture where we are good with uh, spontaneous um, scenarios. So, you know, things that are unpredictable is not necessarily something uh, Americans are really good at. Um, and so when we're thrown, I mean, we thought the kids were going back to school tomorrow. And on Tuesday, mm-hmm. we told they were given half days and they just suddenly said, Nope, sorry, we're not coming back. And I think that, you know, it will challenge, especially mom and dads who have to stay at home with kids to deal with uncertainty in a new way. You know, like, uh, it's uncertain. Let's make the best we can out of it. So, you know, like tomorrow I have a schedule set up for my kids and we'll see if we follow it. I am not great at following schedules to begin with, but, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm happy to, you know, oblige because I think it's important for the kids to know their routine while they're at home for a couple of weeks. And then we've got spring break on top of that for, so about three weeks, they'll be here. And, um, you know, the, the kids just really need to know what their responsibility is. And that is, to take care of each other and to take care of themselves, and a part of that is washing your hands. Part of that is using sanitizer. Part of that is being kind to your your you know sister and your brother, um, doing your homework. But the other part of that is okay. Let's all get on a wrestling match and let's just get out our aggression because we're cooped up in this house all day. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> so totally.
1: you know, we just there's got to be some sort of balance. But I think people will be challenged with the uncertainty here. Um, especially with parents who still have to work, but they now have nowhere to send their children because school is out. So,
0: and all the daycares are shut because um, otherwise it's just as pointless as, you know, sending them to school.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. I think that we're going to have to help each other out for sure. Um, Do you think,
0: like I'm trying to sort of think, and it's a, a very weird sort of thing to do because trying to, trying to be positive about this. Well, and i know the whole situation is awful but you got to look for th- for the light yeah and and i'm not sure really where i'm going with this but it's kind of like do do you think that there's any good sides to this and i think we have to look as a sort of overall like the the co2 level going down in china since the quarantine um going back to normal and i think almost as a sort of more historical viewpoint on it so you know During the war, everyone had to buckle down, but then, I don't know, ended up meeting and having romances because of the Blitz. That kind of... Right. (laughs) Forget all the bad stuff. Like, it was an awful time and loads of people died, but also some nice things happened. Do you think... I mean, from this side of it, because we're just going into it now, can you see any sort of good... Not good news stories, but overall goodness coming from this
1: well i think um oh gosh that is such a good question because i think it's hard to see what kind of good will come from something so tragic right but at the end of the day i do think that people people will learn a lot about i think people will learn a, a lot about what is valuable in their life you know like, eventually, we will have people that we know firsthand who have the coronavirus. We will know people firsthand who will have passed away from the coronavirus. You know, we, um, we will live through the tragedy, but only, you know, the tragedy can also bring such great hope and such great light if we allow it, right? So, we can't just stay in sadness and depression and, and anger you know, it's, it's, it's bad. It's really unhealthy to do that. So, you know, we look for ways in which, you know, people will be reunited, um, reconnected, um, interconnected as we help each other. You know, um, I I do think that there'll be some, some positivity that definitely comes from it. And I think it'll be from the stories of survival, honestly. You know, people who are still stuck in Europe, you know, can't seem to get back home because (laughs) their flight's been delayed like 25 hours, you know. So, you know, I think that we'll see people reconnect. My husband, he he is commutes to Chicago and I only see him basically on Saturdays. He only comes home on Saturdays and he is stuck in this house with us for a whole month. And I was just elated, Hmm. you know, like I'm not think I'm not thankful for what is happening, but I am thankful that he gets to be at home with us because um, he is such a, a big part of our family. And so while, you know, we're trying to do our part um, I'm just grateful that he's here. So I think it will make people um, understand the value that they have sitting right in front of their face. You know, this is valuable to me. You are a human, this human experience and interaction that I have with you, with my children, with my husband, with my partners, with, you know, with whomever uh, that they find a valuable relationship with will, will be heightened. And I think that's a good, good thing. You know, materialism is a big ordeal, but man, sometimes the things like McDonald's isn't necessarily what brings people together. It's what is convenient, but it's not what brings people together. You know, going home and cooking a burger and learning how to make the bread from scratch, that experience could definitely bring people together. So, I think that we're gonna see a shift in just how to do life and i don't know that that's a bad thing i think that brings us back to the things that we should maybe value to begin with i think
0: yeah i I think that's spot on i think that humans of late have, have kind of lost their way like priorities have gone all wrong and we're valuing in um specific products that we can pick up in the supermarket and if we can't get them all hell breaks loose right and like we're putting a lot of value in the people who are filtering the news to us um for whatever motivation they have and i think this might be the sort of the starting point the the spark that that makes us all think you know what we have to. Pull together now. Mm. This is a real bad time, and we all have to be better. Like, we can't rely on other people. We can't complain on social media and just be idiots about it. Like, we have to do our parts. We have to look after the people who can't look after themselves. Mm -hmm. We have to be the best possible examples of humans we can. Mm. Otherwise, we're all done for.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that a lot of times people think that bad things will never happen to them. And maybe that's a very um, American way of thinking about things. But, you know, when I was a professor um, at IUPY, we had an active shooter situation. And I mean, there are students who could care less about getting into a safety zone. They're just like, it's not going to happen to me. No one's going to hurt me. And I think that this pandemic is so much on our door front um, our doorstep that, as you said, that it makes people come face to face with the reality that bad things can happen to them. And how do we approach those bad things? How do we overcome those bad things and what kind of great character can we really draw from it? So I don't know. I think it's going to be a long road. I'd love to talk to you again in about two or three weeks to see where things are. But right now people are, people are hell bent on getting toilet paper. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, what I I don't know if they've misread the symptoms, but, <laughs> but having a runny ass isn't one. Of
1: them. Yeah, it's a it it has really very little to do with that that part. And let's be honest, yeah. it's a lot of things you can use in place of toilet paper. So, mm-hmm. um, there were lines wrapped around our Costco. Um, I don't know if you guys you guys have a similar um like whole...
0: Um, we have Costco. And um yeah, I've been seeing the the pictures on Twitter of people lining up at four in the morning and just the shelves are bare now. You can't pick up anything. Like there's there's literally nothing apart from I don't know, maybe a couple of sofas in one of those huge tree houses that I don't know <laughs> who's buying a tree house at Costco, but they're always there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I do think that it's gonna uh, it'll continue to get bad, I think as we as we see things kind of come to a head here, but there is some hope and I saw some uh, a bit from China today that they have closed down a couple of the, uh, the remote um, centers, medical centers to help with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I just thought, and and, you know, they have the lowest numbers they've ever had there of people who caught it and who've passed from it. Um, and so there, I think there's a lot of hope to know that it's going to get really bad, but then it's going to get better. And we just, we just have to stick together. We do. Um, and the selflessness, you know, comes from, you know, you choosing to be selfless, you know, uh, to give, um, and, and that's that, you know, so I I think we're going to see a lot about people (laughs) in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think, I think it's all going to be people being their best people and you know we have to share positivity and you know call your mum or your 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 friends or whoever call your neighbour shout over the fence not too close but you know um (laughs) from a distance and, um, and just see how people are doing and, and get people to check in and don't just say, you know, I'm here if you need a chat, actually ask them how they're doing and if, yeah. if they need anything or if they need a spare loo roll, cause you've got 5,000 in your shed. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right. You know, and I, yeah, I think that's important. Um, you know, we can, we can have a level of sustainability, but also have a level of kindness and, um, And there's going to be some mean people. Listen, there's going to be some hateful, awful stories that come out of this. And I promise you there'll be, you know, people are led by fear. They don't want to you know, deal with the fear. They just want to do whatever it takes to make sure they're they're surviving. And we're going to see some really bad things, but we're going to see some really good things as well. So, you know, with every pandemic and every big crisis, um, you know, we're going to see the fallout and then we're going to see the beauty and uh, it'll be, I'd call it a beautiful hard thing, right? That we're going to go through. It's a beautiful because some great things will come out of it, but it is going to be really hard to watch as everything goes down. So, We'll just see how things go. And hopefully parents won't lose their minds with their children in their house because, oh my goodness, if you knew the state of my living room right now, <laughs> that the pandemic was just in my house. But it, it's – it's and that's pretty, just Greg. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. I have a monster tent sitting in the middle of my living room, if that tells you anything. So my children have just completely ransacked the house. Wow. But we uh,
0: we were building a little sort of one of those emergency car garage things with the ramps and the helicopters and putting stickers on that. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and we've got the LOLs everywhere and painting oh. things out and slime, which I can't stand.
1: I don't like um, slime either. I oh. hate it. Oh.
0: So it, it keeps dripping on the carpet and then it will never come out.
1: It's now it's horrible. just
0: like a weird hard bit on the carpet
1: oh my gosh well we'll see what uh we'll see what comes about for sure and um uh, you know if i can just keep my and this is what i would also say that being on your screens i mean we can let our kids be on the screens for a while You don't have to. Yeah,
0: we did it when we were growing up.
1: Oh my gosh, yes! And we're in the middle of a very serious, very weird, uncertain situation. And it's okay if you let your kids stay on a screen for longer than you would think is okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're not going to die being on a screen, you know. It's not going to lose their brain cells, you know. I played
0: Mario for hours. Hours. It's great, and then GoldenEye, and then Mario Kart again, second time round, and then yeah, whatever. I mean, sure, my short term memory's gone, but like, who needs that? (laughs) Just write everything down. It's fine.
1: Um, I just, I don't know. I think parents need to kind of loosen up a little bit too with some of, some of the things they think are okay and not okay, you know, so I, I, we're just going to have to take it easy. We're just going to have to roll with the punches here and see what goes down. So
0: yeah, completely reprioritize what's important, what's not. Um, and if you can grow something, grow some strawberries or some lettuce or something.
1: Yes. Well, it snowed here yesterday. I don't know. Oh,
0: okay. So don't grow anything there
1: started inside but it's so dry here it's really hard to grow anything Uh, well in the valley about three thousand feet lower than where we are right now um which is the major city area of salt lake um they probably could grow things but (laughs) i tried to grow things last year and it was hilarious hilariously awful but yeah that's a great idea although i'd have to go to the store to get seeds so amazon oh well they sell seeds on amazon
0: I think so. Well, you can get them online at least. Oh,
1: my husband has might ban me from Amazon here in a little bit because the online shopping has been pretty epic.
0: <laughs> we got our groceries ordered online today. Oh, And, no. and we got them delivered. Oh. <laughs> it was great. By a guy who did not stick around. Dropped him oh. off. Have a good day, bye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> good fella. Good fella. See, he's doing his part. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> it
0: was great. Yeah. Um, lovely. All right. So let's have a chat in a couple of weeks and see how things have gone for both of us.
1: Yes, let's do that. I imagine we'll have so much to talk about at that point. We'll we'll see the we'll see it come to a full head here and then uh, hopefully we'll see things get much better. So and yeah. uh, yep, that's that sounds like a good plan, James.
0: Lovely. All right. Thanks, Jamie. It's always lovely to talk to you.
1: Oh, my gosh. It is an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Okay, bye, love you. Bye, love you, bye.